0: Stories of Ibsen. About a decade ago, I gave a course called Ibsen the Iconoclast, for which I did some biographical research. I want to share with you a few favorite stories I discovered about Ibsen the man. There's a story about Ibsen's childhood that has come to stand in my mind as its own artistic image of Ibsen the artist and of the goal of art generally. In 1881, Ibsen jotted down some childhood memories, one of which was especially dear to him. In the main square in his hometown of Stockman Garden, across from the home in which he was born, was a church with a high tower from which the watchman called the hours. Ibsen says in his memoirs, quote, That tower window held for me an especial significance, in that it was there that I received my first conscious impression that has remained with me. My nursemaid carried me one day up into the tower and let me sit alone in the open window. I remember clearly how impressed I was. As a boy, I never afterwards crossed the square without looking up at the window in the tower. I felt that that window belonged to me." I think it's fitting that Ibsen's earliest memory is the view from a tower, because Ibsen's art itself is a view from a tower. It abstracts away from the everyday, lifts us up to a grand perspective, and makes us active-minded observers of man and the world. We all need to stand in Ibsen's tower, and reading great literature helps us to do so. Another story is about Ibsen's talent as a young writer. One of his fellow pupils recalls the day that he and the rest of the class fell silent while Ibsen, 13, read one of his compositions an account of a dream he had had. Both the writing talent and the content are reflective of the future dramatist and social critic. Quote, I saw an angel standing over me saying, Arise and follow me. Whither wilt thou lead me in the darkness? I asked. Come, he replied. I will show thee a spectacle, human life in its reality and truth. So I followed, afraid, and we descended as though down huge steps till the mountains bowed over us in mighty vaults as there lay before us a great city of the dead with every dreadful mark of death and corruption. Here thou seest, all is vanity, Ibsen, too, recalled this composition and the fact that his master accused him of plagiarizing it, a hypothesis which Ibsen says, quote, I rejected with more energy than he approved of, unquote. And finally, there's a story about one of the actresses at the Bergen Theater who was asked to talk to Ibsen about a rehearsal. She protested, quote, no, thank you. Go and ask him yourself. Don't you see how he creeps back into his cloak and how it bristles all over? That's all the great thoughts he's pregnant with. They're sitting in there, ready to burst his cloak and fly out into the world, unquote. The same actress later said in her memoirs, quote, His great brain was boiling and seething. His powerful spirit could find no place among us and all the pettinesses we had to battle with when everything was just beginning. That mighty world shaker could not but feel crushed and bound by the monotonous daily routine of narrow Bergen, Unquote. Echoing these sentiments, Ibsen's first love said, quote, When he was alone with you, he could suddenly start to talk in a frenzied, ruthless torrent of words, paradoxes, and wild truths, so that one walked bewitched beside the little man as he exploded savagely against all conventions. He sometimes said that he was a lonely person, would always be a lonely person, whom no one believed in and no one no one in the world cared about, unquote. I hope that by the end of this play, you will.